Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Dear listener, we have a treat for you today. I love poetry. I'm a poet. I have a special just place in my heart for it because it's this beautiful thing that makes the world a little bit better. And today I have Max Stossel with me. And he's he's big time stuff, you guys. He's an award-winning poet. He's an artist and a filmmaker. And he was actually named by Forbes as one of the best storytellers of the year. Spanning across five continents, he's performed in Lincoln Center in New York to the Horton Pavilion in Sydney. His performances have been described as, quote, a rare opportunity to experience so many different emotions in the blink of an eye. The best bang for your buck of knowledge dropping, therapy, stand-up comedy, and wisdom sharing. It's an hour of purity, unquote. And we get him on the show today, so stay tuned because... He's going to actually perform two of his poems from his poetry special, Words That Move, and it's really good stuff. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Max Stossel's work has been translated into 14 languages, won multiple film festivals, and has been viewed over 20 million times online. He's been featured on BBC, CNN, TEDx, and a handful more. And this new release, that, that his, his big special words that move, is a first of its kind. It's like stand-up poetry special told on stage at the Brooklyn Kings Theatre. And nine original poems where Max guides us to see the world through different eyes while articulating the deep-seated kernels of truth that we so often struggle to find words for ourselves. He's going to take us to topics like heartbreak and consciousness, social media, politics, the emotional state of the world. I think you guys are going to love his work. So, Max, welcome to the podcast. Wow, what a thorough introduction that was. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was thorough, wasn't it? (laughs) Going through every element of my history. That was something. (laughs) Hey, I wanted them to know how fabulous you are. You know, one of the things that I'm excited to talk to you about is the fact that not very many poets are celebrated. You know, I mean, there's the the oldies and goodies that we know that have, you know, that we learn about in our literature classes and our poetry classes at university. But for the most part, poets write and they they publish in smaller books, you know, in chapbooks. And you have really decided to take what you love and take it to a performance level. And I think the bravery and the outside of the box thinking is really brilliant. So tell us who you are. Where do you come from? How did this all come together for you? Yeah, I think I've, and it is true. I've like, my skill set was a nice fit for 
trying to get what I was doing and the stories I was telling out to the world as I have a good understanding of story and attention spans and how people like to take in messages. And I think combining those things has, has really helped me get more recognition than, than the average poet. And, you know, of course, a lot of wonderful privileges and luck and other people helping me along the way as well, no doubt. Yeah, my name is Max Stossel. I started doing this when I heard a poet perform and I was deeply moved. My arms were tingling. And on the way home, I started writing about trying to figure out why my arms were tingling. It was this new sensation. I'd gotten chills before. It was just like staying. They were staying on my arms. And I started writing, trying to figure it out. And the first two lines of what I wrote rhymed. And I was like, oh, all right, maybe I can do this. Uh, And I finished that poem. And it really just felt like it was going and it was exciting to find the next line. And it was just, I was so enthralled. And I saw the poet who his name is NQ, who had performed the day before. I saw him the next day. I said, hey, I wrote this thing after you shared. Would you like to hear it? He's like a very cool guy. He was kind of like, okay, what's up? (laughs) Um, And I shared it for him. And he was like, yeah, you should consider pursuing this. And yeah, I guess about a decade later, here we are. And I would perform poems live. And that is how I most love to do it, like live in person. And then people would be moved and would ask if I could send it to them. Mm-hmm. And so much, there's so much beautiful written poetry. I personally find that when I'm writing my poetry down, so much feels like it's lost. Like my medium tends to feel storytelling, live, rhyme and rhythm, mm-hmm. tonality. And I would write it out on paper and then I'd be about to hit send. And I'd be like, this isn't it. I don't feel like I'm actually sending you the poem. I think I'm sending you these words and that doesn't feel as I know I, I want to honor it. And that was what led me to turn to turning them into films. And so turning the poems into films came from wanting them the wanting the soul of the poem to be delivered to you through the screen. And, uh, and I started doing that with short films with some of the ones that you've seen. And those were really beautifully received. And then you have this show, this special that you gave such a lovely intro about and said some nice things people have said about it is the first time I've taken a full hour long stage show. So I had been performing that show live for, you know, many times before COVID. And I was like, can I do what I've done with individual poems for the full hour? Can I create something that lives through the screen that isn't just me talking into camera, but has all these animations and live storytelling and live action and effects and all sorts of accoutrements to uh, to help the, the message land. And that's what we did. And we made that. It's now available. And I'm like, I've been working on it for so long. I'm so happy to finally like be able to birth it and give it to people. So definitely, if you're listening to this and you like anything at all you hear, I really hope you'll watch it. It's free and I just want you to have it. And that's something that is very close to my heart. Wordsthatmove.com forward slash special. Yeah, if you're on the website, I'll make, it'll make sure, you know, design it so you'll find it. If you go on that <laughs> website, you're not going to miss it there. Um, and yeah, that's what okay, I've so, been up. So you had no formal training before you started writing poetry? Zero. Zero at all. You know, that makes all the rest of us hate you. It's okay. <laughs> come, come, come into with open arms. I welcome your hatred. And it's totally all right. And I I'm, also I'm saying that with love. It's I know. I can hear it. Also, like, I am very much, like, of the mindset. Of course, there's beauty in learning craft. And, like, yes. And I really do believe, like, there is art inside of you, inside of everyone. Like, it is a matter of unlocking and expressing it and sometimes training can be helpful and sometimes training can put us in boxes that allows us to not be able to really access that at all and i think people have different paths and as long as people are expressing i'm happy no i think that's very true and also 
you know, poetry is like art. Everybody has a different voice and a different way of doing it. And yours is this really unique space of interpreting everyday sorts of things in a in a performance situation. Like you say, it's not just the words. You couldn't you couldn't put a chapbook together of your performances. You get to put a, a movie together so that you're really doing it. So you've got a very unique space and I'm excited to share it with these guys. So you have two poems to share with us today, right? So honestly, I'm hearing that for the first time. Maybe. What are we looking at? <laughs> are you up for performing right now? Yeah, I can perform, <laughs> but I, I don't know which poems you're referring to. <laughs> well, what about Subway Love? Yes, I definitely am capable of doing that poem. Okay. And what if I just let you pick? So yeah, that's often on a podcast what I like to do. And if you ever write a script you'd like us to follow, I'm very open to following that. I often like to let a conversation go where it goes. And I've got poems about so much that then often towards the middle or end of a conversation, there's something we've been talking about. And then I have a poem about that and it all rounds together very nicely. So I can totally, in fact, just because you asked, I'll perform Subway Love now. And then as the second poem, we can see where the conversation goes. And if one wants to come out, how's that sound? Awesome. Okay. Let's do it. So Subway Love, I wrote as I was waiting for the train in New York at West 4th Street. And I was staring into the tunnel because that's what we do. We stare into the tunnel waiting for the train. Um, And it was hot and sweaty and miserable. And like these summer days in New York where it's just like sticky floors of the subway and it's getting fuller and fuller and feeling the heat and I'm just getting miserable. But I took a deep breath and I walked up to the edge of the platform and I started trying to make eye contact with people. New Yorkers are not particularly fond of eye contact. And I had this sort of realization that we stand an army of urban soldiers waiting for the train. Our feet teeter onto the restricted yellow paint, contorting our bodies into cranes to look past the backs of human beings in search of the speeding metal thing. When it reaches the station, we'll step inside and it will take us to our destination. But we hardly wait with patience. You should see the frustration on our faces. How dare it not have arrived at this place yet? We won't sit complacent. We demand cooperation from the MTA agent with pure depression on his face, who just so happens to be powerless in his current situation. What we don't see is the tragedy at play, as the love of each of our lives is standing just an arm's length away. We won't notice the day. We see our soulmate as in the way of the beam of light we hope will display, indicating our train is not six, but five seconds away. If we would only turn and face each other, we might catch eyes and to our surprise, the anguish of waiting might subside. We might not be so terrified of being late to work this time. Our jobs that make us sigh and cry, we might stop and reanalyze, we might. I hope even decide that we could make better use of our time. We could enjoy this mariachi band. Come take my hand and let's pretend these fluorescents are the moon and this grimy subway floor the sand. Let's just dance. Before we stand clear of closing doors, let's take a sec and break the norm. Let's fall into each other's arms and dance across the whole platform. Let's lose ourselves. We move ourselves in tango, salsa, blues. Our shells come off. Reveal two humans soothed by having stepped into the groove of subway love. So when that train finally does come, we'll get on, my dear, as one and having so much fun, we won't stop dancing till we're done, until our feet are red as plums and we've laughed so hard our cheeks are numb. 
And having felt the energy radiating off of you and me, our fellow passengers will be ready and psyched to heartfully join the choreography. The whole train car will bounce with glee. We'll miss our stops physically, but won't miss them if you know what I mean. And then we'll finally take our seats in Brighton Beach, Jamaica, Queens, the Rockaways, or wherever the hell we may be. And you'll rest your tired little head on me. And our smiles, they'll beam as we look back on how eagerly we awaited this train to take us away from exactly where we were supposed to be. There'd be a big, huge applause. I love your rhythm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. As you write your poetry, do you just find your inspiration as you're going about life? Yes. Um, I actually, I'm reading the Rick Rubin book right now. Have you heard of this at all? Mm-mm. Tell me what it is. Highly recommend it. And he talks about how uh, he and Elizabeth Gilbert and Big Magic both speak about this beautifully, of how, yeah, like so often we're not in charge of when inspiration shows up. Mm. And it just does, and it's our job to really prioritize it when it does. And if I could cultivate the moments where something spectacular comes through, boy, I would do it more often. But it feels more like I need to live my life and be open to it and try to pay attention. And uh, yeah, that was one Subway Love came through, you know, right after I was trying to, uh, I wanted to go out with this girl and she didn't want to go out with me. I was like in a longing of connection moment and then being on the subway and looking around at all these people feeling like we were just missing so much connection and so much opportunity in front of our noses all the time. And I was like looking around being like, look at these urban soldiers. Oh, that's nice. That's poetic. Urban soldiers waiting for <laughs> the train. Let me run with that. And then the gates open. I do often find like one line, like finding the one thing to start it starting is often the hardest part for me and making sure I'm paying attention to the the tingly moments of starting. It's a beautiful piece. I mean, it really is. There's the joyful and the, the way the rhythm speeds up and when things are going on, it's, it's lovely. And you do good work. I really love it too. You know, I find the same thing that Every once in a while, as a writer, you get a download. And when you get those, like there's no crossing out, there's no editing, there's just like it comes to you. And oh, if only you could control those because yeah, they're right? awesome. But um, the idea of being aware, I really love that. And that's also really in line with what we talk about here on the podcast of intentional living, you know, being aware, smelling the roses, being um, in tune to the magic and the moments that, like you say, make your skin prickle. And I bet you're getting pretty good at that. Trying. Um, always a process and, and learning and growing with it. But yeah, I very much relate to yeah, trying to be open and if only we could be in charge when the downloads come. And yes, like Subway Love came out pretty much in one shot. Like there was no editing mm. done to that piece until the end. The, that's often the case for me. 75% will come through in one go. And then I'll need to shape the ending when it's something that's really inspired. Because I think... I don't know about becauses. Becauses don't necessarily live in the land of, of inspiration. But I have a story that uh, that endings are lies. That like things don't really end. We they just sort of change form and evolve. But we really like our stories to have these endings, and so we we force an ending upon them often. Even though you know happily ever after is not the whole story, and we are just sort of choosing to stop looking at a story here, but it's not ended. But there's something in us humanness that really likes to wrap it up with a bow. We like to have it all make sense, huh? Yeah, and it doesn't. <laughs> Ever. Life is messy. That's and what we keep does. saying. It doesn't, and it does <laughs> at the same time. 
makes so, sense in its senselessness. Yeah, let's talk about um, how self-expression and creativity creativity play into just creating your best life story, your own life story. Like you say, everybody has a little bit of creativity in them. Um, I would go so far as to say everyone's got a lot of creativity. Would you? Yeah. I think we're, it's a matter of just accessing it. It's there. Um, we're in the way. We're in our own way. Um, I'll share. Oh, no, look, Gray, I love this because then I can send this to my girlfriend and say, hey, I was talking about you on this podcast. Um, she's like a really talented photographer. And the amount of resistance that she has to actually doing it, like to going out and doing the work is so, I'm like, she laughs at me where I'm like, I'm so much more frustrated by it than she is. Um, but I think in part, because also like she has a clear idea of what she could go out and do every day. She likes taking photos of like couples of friends, like highlighting relationships in her photography and she's spectacular at it. And I'm like, you could just pick a different couple. You could go pick a couple that you like and just go, you could do it. You know what the environment is you could step into and then you could do your creativity. I have so much jealousy to even like, there's that structure. For me, I feel like I have to wait and find the thing and then it's happening. Like, you know what the work is, go do the work, come on. And, but like, it's all of our, it's all of our stuff. It's all of our fears. It's all of our insecurities. It's all like so much very real self-work and childhood stuff in the way of us feeling free to express ourselves or free to create without letting the fear of judgment, without letting the, the I'm not good enough, without letting those take over. And I think if you can get those out of the way for everyone, creativity is just there. We're just not necessarily sure how to access it and play with it all the time. Well, that's what I love about what you've been talking about with you of just becoming more aware of the being there. And because it's what you do and it's your thing, you make it a priority. Whereas, you know, other people might think, oh, that'd, that'd be neat if I had time to focus on that. But that's not, you know, necessarily my thing. But, you know, I noticed, so I taught writing up at Utah State University while I was getting my master's degree. And we were teaching intro to writing for, you know, the freshmen that were coming in. And one of the assignments was that you would write about, you know, your your first memory about writing that you'd had as a, as a child, you know, in elementary school, that type of thing. And so many of them were writing stories about they didn't get a good grade on it. And so now they felt like they were bad writers or the teacher had put red marks on it. And so they always just thought they were a bad writer. Creative scars. Yeah. But the thing that was amazing to me is that the things that had created the scars were really minuscule. You know, a teacher's going to correct spelling. They're going to correct punctuation. They're going to, you know, they're, they're teaching small children how to do something. There's a learning curve. And yet it was just those things that shut them down. And they still had the blocks 20 years later. And also, I mean, I understand it, too, because, of course, like as a child, too, we're so we're expressing art, this vulnerable thing, this inherently really vulnerable and scary thing to express. And then to have that met with anything but like, wow, like that's so wonderful that you expressed yourself anything but that for the vulnerability for our inner child as adults or for actual when we were actually children. It's so hard to not close off of like, oh, I this inherently vulnerable thing coming out of me. It was mellow. There's red. She didn't like that part. Oh, she didn't like me. <laughs> There's no, that. Was you're it. right. And so I, I have empathy for the intensity of it. And now I just, as an adult, I don't have patience for that. I'm like, come on, like, no, come on. Like, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> 
and I try to, you know, in the writing workshops I lead and in how I relate to other people, I just try to be so warm and welcoming and encouraging of whatever creativity wants to birth out of them and for just like to truly support that. Where do you do writing workshops? Um, I have like a monthly-ish group that I should do on Zoom of, I did it over the pandemic. We did it like almost every week and it was like a really wonderful space of support for people and this combo of writing and therapy and just free flow. Um, Is that open yeah. for people to join? Are you looking for more yeah, people? Yeah, absolutely open for people to join. Uh, I want to join. Really come. <laughs> <laughs> come, come, come. I'll add you to the, uh, there's like a WhatsApp group where then people also like can share and support each other. And, and so you know, how, how do you I'll access you it? In. Is it through WhatsApp? So first, uh, so it's like, I try to have people come to one first and then be part of the group so you can feel what it's about sure. before you come to the WhatsApp group. And yeah, there's a, if you go on the, on my Words That Move website, you'll be able to see the, there's like a workshops, events and workshops section, and you can find it there. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's a good well, prompt for me to schedule the next monthly one. Sometimes I, I'll often forget. <laughs> <laughs> How much performing are you doing? Uh, right now, very little. Uh, I've been really in the mode of get on, work on this special and get it out. Um, and now starting to birth that. There are two other short films I've been waiting to release to promote this, which I also want to release now. And I do have a book that will be coming out soon, which is just, uh, it's over the years, like I'm writing so much. And most of the time I'm like, the words, not quite it. And this is a collection of the times where I'm like, I think these words on the page kind of work. <laughs> awesome. What's the, uh, what's the name of your book? Love and Existential Musings. Awesome. I'm writing all these down. So oh, can, can we you. put these in the show notes? Is it for sale yet? Um, so the, it depends when it airs, I guess. Uh, I I probably need at least a month for the for the book. But you can still you can still put it in the show notes, but it'll be coming. That's exciting. Uh, hey. The book feels much more vulnerable because I know when I'm doing my spoken thing, mm -hmm. I know how people are going to respond. I've had enough reps with that that like, I know that that's feeding people. The book, I'm like, sort of more of the like, hey, I'm the I'm the creative child with that a little bit more, where it's like, <laughs> hey, like, here's some stuff that I made too. Hey, here's world. some stuff I did. <laughs> How do you just resonate with you at all? And yeah, there's more of that vulnerability for me. Oh, okay. I want to hear another poem. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, on the spot. Yeah, what, what do you feel like? You know what I feel like doing? What? Um, I feel like reading one that feels very childish and playful um but actually that i think is going to be written and will be in the book and i'm gonna read it out awesome okay and it's about loving inspiration mm. we've been talking about that yes okay i'd like to wake up inspired like oh good morning sweetie you are so tired how'd you sleep you know i miss you while you sleep I'd kiss her gently on the cheek and smile as she starts to speak. Sometimes she sleeps for what seems like eternity. And this fear burns in me that she won't ever wake selfishly. I'm scared I won't get to be with her anymore. And that way I'm using her. She is not only my love, but my livelihood. And I really should be grateful that she's even stood by me for this long. But I find myself craving the next song, loving her all wrong. Truthfully, I haven't been treating her romantically, haven't made breakfast for her while she sleeps. And yet she has this tendency to rise when I take care of me. In that way, she's the best lover I could ever possibly ask for. Doing what's best for me is what's best for her. 
And this love, she lies with everybody, honestly. And at times I concede I look on with jealousy to not receive the full spark of her divinity. But she's got plenty of love to go around. And the world is better when her love goes around. Her love makes the world go around. Without her, there would be no profound beauty that surrounds us. Even light itself and sound are clever whispers from her mouth. As I question whether she'll ever rise again, maybe I can learn to tuck her in. Prepare the room to be splendid whenever it is that she's ready to arise. Maybe I can help her eyes be overwhelmed with lush surprise at all the beauty I've gathered while she slept. I wonder what she dreams of. You are really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's not one I've shared. That's in the book, so that feels really I good. I like it a lot. And when you read it on the page, do you feel that? Or does it need my tonality and stuff, which I'm insecure about? We'll see. That's the thing we've got to figure <laughs> out. I want a copy of the book. Amazing. Um, you can get one. Yeah. Okay. Tell me all about, as we just come to the close of our half hour, all the things that you're working on or that you want people to know that you're doing or how can we support you? What's going on? Yeah, um, this bet. What I want most for you to watch and have the special words that move.com slash special. I just am so excited that you get to have that. And you can find me on Max Stossel on the social media things. That'll be easy enough to find. S-T-O-S-S-E-L. And the words that move you.com forward slash special. All of those links right, words, be in the words show notes. Words that move. Words that move.com slash special. Words that so, move. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. And yeah, and that, you know, book will be there too. And you can probably sign up for an email list. We'll all send it out. And social media, I'll be talking about it. But those are the places and those are the things. And also, yeah, come to a workshop if you like. It's a super supportive environment to just like ultimately express yourself and all super warm loving at the end of people's shares the rule is like there's no criticism here it's only things we loved about it and things it brought up for us and like that's our way of reflecting to each other Mm. um and let's say that's it thank you for sharing your your truly lovely poetic soul (laughs) i love it (laughs) it's been great to meet you and thank you for having me you too max I don't know about you guys, but I am loving so much this this bit with Max sharing his poetry. This episode is wonderful to me. It just feeds my little poet heart. Um, if you recall back in September of 2017, we had the Poet Laureate of Logan, Utah on the show, which was fun. And um, being a poet myself, I've had a few published poems. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this show, it's a quiet art. Um, that's published in small chapbooks and read at open mics at coffee shops and university campuses. And so really impressed with how Max has used technology and performance to share his poetry. And he's incredibly talented. The lesson I'm taking away today from this conversation is one about thinking outside the box. That just because something has always been done in a certain way, like he's really thought outside the box and taken us to a whole different world, a whole different fabulous place because he thought of a different way of bringing his poetry to the world. And I'm also loving the idea of tapping into the creative in all of us, whether that creative is coming out in painting or writing or designing or clothing or whatever it is. We all have different ways that we lean toward the creative. But I really love this idea of staying aware of it and playing with it and being open to the muse showing up. So. Your challenge this week is to take one thing that you're doing in your life, especially if you feel stuck with it, and do a little brainstorm session. 
you know, some outside the box thinking, see what comes up for you, see what you can create, see if you can get any new, fresh ideas on it. You know, we're always creating our own boundaries. So we also have to be the one to break those boundaries down. So play with that a little this week, experiment, get creative and see what, what new thing can pop up for you. Have a great couple of weeks and we'll see you in the next episode of the Love Your Story podcast. And remember Matt's work, we're going to have links to it in the show notes on loveyourstorypodcast.com. And please share this episode with any poets you know or someone who would love to really just enjoy some of his work. Thanks for being here.